Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys and the Sounds and Cinema Podcast. Shantz and Chu are washing their mouths out with soap because the How Dare You podcast contains explicit language. Blah, 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 bitch, fuck, bitch, fuck, bitch, fuck, okay. Hello and welcome to the How Dare You podcast. This is the Out for Justice edition. Chance of the How Dare You Awards here. Joining me, of course, is the woman I'd chase all over Brooklyn <laughs> just to murder Lady Chu. Hi, Chu. Hi, Chance. Is that a compliment? I don't know. I don't want to be it's in this hard movie. To tell. I don't want to be in this movie. <laughs> this fucking movie. All right, Chu. I said we're going to do some Steven Seagal on air. And several times you said, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on me. Here we are. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah. First and first mostly thoughts? Anything you want to say? I I feel I don't I don't uh I don't know what the word is. Do I feel indifferent about this movie? <laughs> That's not good. Like I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I don't know. I feel so weird about this movie. But not like, ooh, I feel gross. This movie is just so forgettable. Yet not. I I don't know. Love what do you this think? Movie. You I love it. You love it? <laughs> I I love I what it is is I love hating this movie. It's That's really just, the only way I can describe it. You know, I should have known better because Ethan walked into the room and he's like, Oh, what are you watching <laughs> for the podcast? Like, out for justice. He's like, oh, that's a good one. Like, shut up. He got very excited. Shut up. Just shut up. I knew then that you guys are going to be of like minds. Because usually when he says something, or he says that he likes a movie, I'm like, Chance is going to like it. And I'm going to be odd one out. (laughs) Fuck. He's right about Under Siege. That's an actual good movie. Eh, we'll see. This is when Steven Seagal was still doing all movies with just three-word titles. I did notice that because I was on Prime, and I'm looking up all those movies, and then, yeah, it's just like two- and three-word titles. He he started with Above the Law. Then he went Hard to Kill, followed by Marked for Death. By the way, I believe those two were released in the same year. Wow. (laughs) And then followed by Out for Justice, the 1991 film directed by John Flynn. I don't know, John. Why don't, why don't you tell us all about him, too? <laughs> <laughs> you know I don't know who John is. No. There's no fucking way you know any of these movies. I mean, you don't know William Devane, Rolling Thunder. You don't know Defiance. Bestseller? No. 
course not. James Woods and Brian Dennehy, I believe. How about this? Lock up. It's the only one you might know, and you still don't know it. No. Winner. <laughs> Lock up is a Stallone movie. All right, Chu, this movie, 23% on Rotten Tomatoes, a budget of $14 million. Opening weekend, 10.5 in the USA and the world, $39.6 million. How? What I would say is modest hit. This is So this is the thing. Your question is how. My response is there was a time when all of America, not all, but you know what I mean, mm-hmm. America cared enough about Steven Seagal to make his movies number one at the box office for like his first four movies in a row. I just don't get it. <laughs> Looking back on it, neither do we. I don't understand. <laughs> There's better shit out there. There's better shit. Well, it depends on what you mean by shit. If you mean stuff, better movies. I mean, better movies, better actors who can do the same thing that he can. Because there is no better shit, actual shit. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> For a shit movie, this is as good as it gets. Okay, yes, to be fair, this is an okay, bad movie. It's, oh, man, what is wrong with me with this movie? I don't understand. Like, at some point, well, I just zoned out and stopped okay, making Okay, but notes. you're not coming into this hot. You're not like... Fuck you! This isn't you. You are not. I was ready to rip the shit out of this movie, and then I watched it, and I was like, <laughs> and then the movie that's... presented itself. Yeah, you're not Hudson Hawk angry. No, I'm not. We don't need to bring that up. Why are you bringing up old shit? Why are you bringing up awful shit? Because I thought you'd be Hudson Hawk level angry. I th- I did too. I don't know what happened. Fucking Steven Seagal is what happens. <laughs> like There's not... nothing like a not very clear, clear defined man who kind of looks a little chubby push fighting people. Yeah. That's like, what it is. Um, yeah. His acting, it's not great. Sublime. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Okay. Actually, See, you know who was phenomenal in this movie? Just give it fucking phenomenal. The puppy. Oh, yeah. That fucking puppy. God damn it. So cute. Cute as fuck. Ugh. And that puppy survived his driving. Bless, you want, you bless want, that dog. You want to know something about that puppy? Is it bad? Don't tell no, me. No, it's it good. Okay, good. Steven Seagal wanted to take that puppy home. Aww. They said no. Then he offered $1 million to be able to take the puppy home. And they still said no for the dog's safety. Oh, wow. <laughs> out, of, 
out of concern for the dog's safety, they said, no, you can't have them. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So that's okay. So this is the thing about this movie, Chew, because look, he did three movies before this and they're all like big hits. Right. So now he's like he's he's on this film as producer. He is in charge of some shit. All right. So (laughs) so he is kind of on set in control of way too much for Steven Seagal to be in control of. He's making decisions about casting. He is, I mean, literally showing up to work an hour late almost every day. That's fucked up. Nobody had a good time working with him. I've heard that before, that he's just awful. Yeah. Do you know who William Forsyth is? Yeah. He plays the bad guy? Oh, I know Forsyth. Okay, so he's Richie. Yeah. This is a this is a strong actor. <clears throat> this is a good fucking actor, right? Who in real life, as I understand it, I believe I'm right, is from Brooklyn. At some point in the middle of filming this movie, Steven Seagal said, you need to work on your Brooklyn accent. Really? <laughs> yes. To which William Forsyth said, no, you need to work on your Brooklyn accent. (laughs) Agreed, William. His accent in this movie is the most sublime thing in the history of fucking cinema. It's as bad as if I was trying to do a Brooklyn accent. Why don't you give that to us? I'd like to hear that. No, it's bad. I'd give anything to hear that. I would get it mixed up with my two favorite accents, which are the Boston accent and like a Midwest Minnesota accent. So I'm going to tell you right now that Brooklyn accent would be shit. (laughs) Can't do it. Oh, all right. Listen, I have some more fun facts for this movie. Are you ready? Yes. Fun fact number one. This is the only Steven Seagal movie made from 1988 to 1998 that does not include an explosion. There wasn't an explosion? No. No. Fun fact number two. This movie was 30 minutes longer. Than it needed to be? Sure. (laughs) Well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) This movie's only 90 minutes, Chew. And somewhere around 60 minutes, I thought, how fucking long is this movie? (laughs) Like, I couldn't believe so much had happened. We'd gone to so many different places in an hour. I thought we had to be close to the end and there was a half hour left. Same. I had paused it at 54 minutes and thought, ah, shit. So imagine another half hour on top of that. That's horrible. Right? Yeah. So this Uh, could have been a two-hour movie? Right. Yikes. Now, you referenced that you knew that he was... A butthole? uh, 
Yeah. yeah, like had a reputation for being a big fat mm-hmm. piece of shit, right? Yes. Here's how big a fat piece of shit he is. Juliana Margulies is in this movie. I believe, I don't know how recently she wrote a book, but I think she wrote a book. I don't think it was a magazine article. A book, you know, describing her Hollywood experience. This is like her first film. She had to audition for Steven Seagal at his hotel room. So you can kind of imagine where this is going. That's a red flag. Hotel room? No, no, no. No. Uh, Someone else who was supposed to be there was then not there. So this is a Harvey Weinstein piece of shit, fucking asshole kind of maneuver where he gets a young actress up to his hotel room and then he starts selling his bill of goods. Juliana Margulies describes him looking at her palm and saying, I can read your palm and find out what's wrong with you and fix you. I can take away all your pain. Meanwhile, she's thinking to herself, I don't have any pain. (laughs) Except this fucking conversation. Then he says, let's move into the bedroom. And she just has to figure out a way to get out of there. And she does. And it's like a long walk. Like, finally she got herself in a place in the room where... He's on one side, she's on the other side, and behind her is the door, so she just turns around and starts walking away. But he followed her for a little bit and then watched her leave in a, it's amusing to watch, you know, my prey leave kind of way, she said, like like a lion watching a gazelle walk away kind of a thing. All creepy and terrible. What the fuck? After the movie, somebody had asked her something about Steven Seagal, and her response was, he is not someone I keep in contact with. No kidding. Yeah. Now, she could kind of laugh it off at this point, but she's obviously keenly aware of... The type of person he is. Right. And and, And the many women who have been in that situation who have not been able to get out of that situation. So this is the man we're dealing with. Ew. I read a similar story, and maybe this was all part of the, I'm assuming this was all like the same incident, but I just read something, a, a different detail, that she had sat on the couch and felt something under the couch, and it was a gun. Yes, right. And she's like, what the fuck? And he obviously didn't pick it up and point her at point it at her or anything like that but, but he did she, pick it up and just keep it in his hand yeah <laughs> like she's yeah, like, i have enemies or something and so he just like was holding the gun yeah why fucking alarming Oof. but it's it's an indication of like when you garner power in hollywood because your movies make money and you're a piece of shit like how much how much opportunity there is for a predator to be a predator. Yeah, it's too easy almost. Fuck, man. But I do take solace in this one last fun fact. (laughs) Steven Seagal kept bragging on set that his Aikido training means that he cannot be choked out ever. 
he literally could not go unconscious being choked out. So the stunt coordinator, one Jean LaBelle, said, I think that I could choke you out. And Seagal agreed to let him. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he put him in a chokehold. And right before Steven Seagal passed out, he also shit his pants. Stop. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. How fucking great is that? Fuck yeah. That makes me happy. I have no words. This is excellent. You were not only proven wrong of your arrogance, but you you shit your pants. But at the end of the day, yeah, you shit your pants. Yeah. Fucking love it. All right, Chew, this is a 1991 movie, so there are no How Dare You Awards. I honestly, looking at the How Dare You Awards, I think it would only be nominated for one award, and that's most formulaic. Because at this point, Steven Seagal is his own formula, including titles. <laughs> totally. Because <laughs> he's still just three-word titles at this point. Yeah. But, I mean... No Oscar winners. It's not. Strangely, it's not a movie you least wanted to see because people went to go see these movies. Again, how? Oh, like. Like, I can't imagine events, seeing this Chew. preview and being like, oh, let's go see that. That looks awesome. No, it doesn't. Oh, no, we all did. Oh, shit. <laughs> We were way into it. All right. We're going to talk grievances real quick, Chew. But first, tell the audience what the fuck this piece of shit is about. <laughs> Please. Oi. All right. <laughs> Oi. <laughs> shit. Not uh. looking forward to this. Go. All right. Takes place in Brooklyn. You can you'll know that because of the accents. Yeah. <laughs> However bad. Uh, cop. Cop's partner gets shot in the street by. We'll call him a drug lord, but I he's not drug lord material. No, this no. guy's an underling in the mafia. Dealer. Yeah, this guy's a, a, a drug dealer. Um, and then the so the after. Seagal's partner gets shot in the street. He's out for vengeance or justice. Okay, whatever. <laughs> same thing same. for cops in this story. Yeah. But then you have three different parties looking for this guy. You've got right. the cops. You've got Seagal, who's also a cop, who's also a cop, but he's been allowed to kind of go full vigilante. Um, yeah. And then you have the mob. Right. Which Seagal has connections with because he's Italian. Evidently. Um, for the purposes of, purposes of this movie, yeah. yes. Um, so now you have three parties looking for this guy. And uh, they literally just all three parties are driving around Brooklyn for a whole night. I think it's a whole night looking for this guy. Mm -hmm. And he's a bad piece of shit. He's killing everybody. And then, you know, obviously bad things happen. <laughs> And then more bad things happen, and then more bad things happen. And then the movie ends. 
That's your best plot description yet, I think. <laughs> Fucking great. I feel Job like well I, done. You don't even need to watch the movie. You just need to listen to my plot summary and be like, oh, I know exactly what happened in this movie. Yes, it is. And I didn't yeah, even need to go into detail. Yeah, but still don't. There's so much. Oh, all right. Chew. I'm fascinated. I gotta know. How long is your list of grievances? You know, this is really underwhelming. 22. Oh, Only wow. 22. And That's mostly it? because I, I zoned out during the pool room, uh, the pool hall scene. Oh, that's where I perk up is the pool hall scene. I mean, we'll talk about it. He but... was talking and I just was like, what? And then he started beating people up and I was like, okay, I'm paying attention now. 22, All right. that's it. I, I'm, I'm astonished. Same. What about positive points? Three, two of which were puppy related. <laughs> <laughs> Two of which were puppy related. <laughs> if there was a saving grace at all, it's that fucking puppy. You know, see, this whole movie to me is like so bad it's good. I, I have so many of both, Chew. <laughs> like double? Like <laughs> Yeah. I have du- I have double your grievances. I have forty three grievances. But I have twenty five positive points. Oh my god. I know. Because, like, basically, a positive point for every time he says something with his Brooklyn accent, and it's terrible. Yeah, well, that's a lot. So, a lot. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> I've got some band names here. I've got, <laughs> I've got some album titles. You know. <laughs> We'll we'll get into it, Chew. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back and we'll start diving deeper into Out for Justice. Deal? Super. (laughs) Right after this. Can I ask you a question? Do you like beer? I like beer. It's required by law that you like beer when you're living in San Diego, California, but even I can get confused and dizzied by the amount of choices that you can see at your local beer store. What's a person to do? I'll tell you what you do. You'll watch The Vegas Beer Guys, a live show on Instagram and Facebook, and they will set you right as to what beers you should have in your life or should not have in your life. The Vegas Beer Guys are brought to you by Dan Aker, the beer professional, and Stephen Weiss, self-proclaimed beer novice. They'll drink beers for you and drink beers with you. Go ahead and check out their live shows and they'll tell you which beers you should be having in your fridge. Everybody wants the perfect combination of molten hops in your life. And Dan Aker and Stephen Weiss are the perfect combination of fantastic and wonderful. Check them out on Facebook. Check them out on Instagram. Find them. You're going to watch their show and love their show. They give away free merch during their shows. So go ahead and check out the Vegas Beer Guys. What a great time.
And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Lady Chu and I are here. Barely getting in to Out for Justice. That was a long first segment, Chu. We had a lot to say. I think we say that every week. <laughs> like I said, we need Molly. We need a Molly. <laughs> okay, well, well, where do you want to go first? Because I don't know if we should go micro or macro. Should we get into the story or should we talk about accents and that kind of shit first? <laughs> Let's get into the story. Okay. Because there's a lot. There's so much. Yeah. Can we talk about this first scene? This first scene in which Steven Seagal is on a fucking stakeout? Yeah, I think he just wanted to beat up a black guy. Pretty much, right? It just didn't... It didn't have anything to do with the story. Nope. We didn't see any of those people again. Steven Seagal just could not stand to see a prostitute get beaten up by a pimp. So... Instead of making a multi-million dollar drug bust, he and 300 cops assault the pimp. (laughs) (laughs) Assault the pimp? My first album title, by the way. Solid. Yeah. That's pretty good. But it does give us this huge positive point for me. The pimp thrown through the windshield followed by the dramatic dun 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 dun, dun music yeah. followed by <laughs> Steven Seagal freeze frame through the broken windshield fucking star wipe not star wipe but paint swipe out for justice <laughs> star wipe <laughs> <laughs> that's from the simpsons um that fucking, that fucking title ca- card is amazing. It's too much. Oh, his frozen, fu- like, frozen still picture on Seagal. Out of focus, by the way. Fucking grievance. But but lending to the magic. Followed by, da-dong, Steven Seagal. Swipe, da-dong, out for justice. <laughs> I'm really enjoying your... <laughs> sound effects of the music (laughs) (laughs) it's so fucking great Uh, i um oh wait go well go ahead because i have something that actually happened before that that we have to talk about but uh, i was just gonna say he did not throw that guy into the windshield with so much force to actually push him through the windshield yeah that windshield was weak as fuck yeah that wasn't realistic at all. No. Not even a teens. But can we talk about the title card before the movie started? First grievance. <laughs> Huge grievance. First one. You all quoted right. somebody who's just a civilian. You quoted somebody who's just... But also a playwright. Like, what? No. You're not... So... Hated it. Okay. Hang on. Just everyone... Just hold the fuck on for a second, please. Okay? (laughs) This movie, starring Steven Seagal, with the title Out for Justice, goes ahead and quotes Arthur Miller, writer of Death of a Salesman. Here's the quote. While to the stranger's eye, 
one street was no different from another, we all knew where our neighborhood somehow ended. Beyond that, a person was a dot, 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 a stranger. Out for justice, you can go fuck yourself. It didn't have anything to do with the story except for the fact that everyone's like, Brooklyn for life. That's it. Right. That's Just it. the fact that it all takes place in Brooklyn. But Does this movie, imagining that it's high-minded enough to be on the level with Arthur Miller, get the fuck off of my doorstep. It, yeah, I am I not buying. No solicitors out for justice. Fuck off. Yeah, the work they put in did not warrant that intro. Oh. Don't do that again, please. You know that was Seagal. Had to be Seagal. That was Seagal imagining himself as a genius. (laughs) He felt good about that choice, too. I bet. Oh. He's like, oh, fuck, yeah. Thousand percent. This is some highbrow shit. He came up with that idea and immediately had to go to the bathroom to masturbate. Ew, (laughs) (laughs) shit. We're really painting a picture of who we think he is. (laughs) (laughs) He gave himself a little congratulations for being a genius. I'm going to rub one out. Be back in a few. (laughs) All right. So that's how the fucking movie starts with that goddamn quote and 300 cops blowing a surveillance. What happens next, Jew? We get poor Bobby. Yeah, Bobby uh, gets murdered point blank. While his family's shopping for produce. In broad daylight. Yeah. So, uh, Richie, the bad guy, uh, William Forsyth, doesn't give a fuck. You know why? Because he's fucking high all the time. The whole movie is just fucking high. Um, But you knew right then, Bobby didn't get shot for nothing. You knew Bobby was up to some fucking shady ass shit. Because he got shot, point blank, shopping for fruit. (laughs) Right. The first thing that Richie does is shoot a cop in broad daylight. Also, in slow motion, not looking good. Not, Not John Flynn's best filmmaking as he slows it down to slow motion. Then William Forsyth, did you notice that he spit on him? Yeah, that was... Gross. I didn't like it. If I was the actor playing Bobby, I'd be like, let's not do that again. Yeah, we're going to have a discussion after this scene. (laughs) Fuck. But, so he shoots Bobby in broad daylight. Then he gets into a car with his his cronies and tries to get out of there. And they hit traffic and a woman beeps her horn and says, come on, what are you doing? So he shoots her in the head. Well, to be fair, she said, move your fucking car. Which doesn't warrant... (laughs) A shot in the head. Which I, well, she did it come sounds like that's what you were advocating for. It sounds like you were preparing to defend Richie in this moment. I wasn't. He did a Am bad, I right? bad thing. 
Am I right, Costco? <laughs> no. Costco instigator? <laughs> <laughs> I have been known to lose my shit in certain parking lots. <laughs> so this is a good reminder not to do that because you never you know when you're going to come across a Richie. Um, she Steven did come Seagal. off aggressive, but yeah, she no, she got but, she died. But she's an innocent person. Maybe not innocent from being an asshole, but innocent from the punishment did not fit the crime. Oh, fuck no, she got she got her so, head blown off. But this is that this is the thing about Seagal, right? Like Seagal. In the first 15 minutes of this movie, Richie blows away a cop and a woman in the head. Seagal saves a woman and a dog. Seagal wants you to know exactly where these two people lie. He didn't even have to try that hard, okay? Right. I can already tell the difference. It's fine. Unbelievable. Can we talk also about this fucking outfit? Oh, shit. Which one? His first outfit. The vest. Steven Seagal looks like he cut up his pajamas, cut cut the sleeves off his pajamas, and put on a beret that indicates some sort of military service. This is how he goes out to work. I wanted Jerry Orbach to take one look at him and say, what the fuck are you wearing? (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, what the fuck was he wearing? Nobody talks about it. (laughs) He took a vest, which reminded me of something like a grandpa would wear with a button-down shirt and then like this knitted vest. But he just took the vest and was like, "This this is great on its own. I'll just wear this. No, Steven, no the fuck you won't. And thank God, because he only wore it for about two scenes. <sighs> two scenes too many. That was horrible. Although, the vest aside, his outfit throughout the rest of the movie is fine. It's all black. It's fine. But how does he keep his, his shirt tucked in the entire time? <laughs> he never once had to readjust his shirt. I'm blown away. Well... To be fair, all his fight scenes are just move out of the way and push. There's a lot of pushing. Yeah. Yeah. He's a push fighter. He's a pusher. Like on the schoolyard. At recess. He he was the kid pushing other kids. (laughs) All right. Can we talk about Jerry Orbach? Yeah. Why is Jerry Orbach in this movie? He didn't need to be in this movie. I mean, every actor has to work, I guess, Chew, but could you imagine being Jerry Orbach and having to stare Steven Seagal in the face? There's no reason Jerry needed this this movie. He could have done anything else. It's not like, oh, I really, I need a job. No, you don't, Jerry. <laughs> no, you don't. You did Dirty Dancing. You're fine. And you're about to do Law & Order if you haven't started already. It's fine. True that. He's the fucking candlestick. I don't know what that Beauty. means. <laughs> He's the candlestick in Beauty and the Beast. Stop. Yes. The the original Beauty and the Beast? Yes, the animated. He's the candlestick, Chew. 
No way. I swear. Stop. We'll just add it to the list of things you don't know. Oh my god. God First damn all, it, Chu. I love Beauty and the Beast. Why did I not know that? Because you're a monster. Oh my god, what a piece of shit. <laughs> wow. Well, you learn something new every day. I'll say. So, this movie is going to be hard to track, isn't it? It'll be hard to track this movie because I don't know what happens and when it happens. I just know stuff happens. Correct. <laughs> There's just so much driving in between each place. And he right. stops so many places. Like how many times does he meet up with the mob, with the boss? Yeah, he meets the five he times. Meets, he meets the mob more than a half a dozen times, I think. More than he's meeting his actual boss, certainly. Yes. Yeah. He does yeah. check in with the boss, though, Couple via times. radio. Yeah. But not as much as he checks with the mafia. No. Which goes to show there is, like, this level of respect there with the mob. Yeah, whatever. He grew also, up in a like, neighborhood up... where the mafia is present. Like, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But, you know... He talks to the seltzer kid twice in this movie. Yeah. The seltzer kid foils the crime. Yeah, that's right. Go seltzer Without kid. Without the seltzer kid, he never would have found Richie. Nope. He would have checked the fucking meat shop for the fourth time. Oh, that's one of my fucking album titles. Meat shop murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was my album title. Meat shop murder. Meat shop murders. Also within that meat shop scene. Yeah. So what? So what's happening in our story is, first of all, before that, he sees Richie in the car, right, or right outside his car, and there's a car chase. Yes. Right. So he's. Which is one of my positive points. Did you like that? I liked <laughs> just the horrificness of the car right. hauling ass over the dips. Over the fucking bumps. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I'm like, fuck it, get it a lane. <laughs> Plus, at one point, I could see, before it got into the real serious bumps, but I could see, hey, that's Seagal actually driving. Yeah. Also, did that seem odd? Steven Seagal seems like the kind of person who wouldn't know how to drive a car. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and assume in real life, he's not the best driver. <laughs> Like, he would run over a pedestrian on purpose. Right. Yeah. Bump, bump. What was that? Better reverse. Bump, bump. Ah, uh, I didn't feel nothing. Bump, bump. <laughs> yeah. Later, bitches. <laughs> so, but my favorite part in that whole fucking car chase scene is when that truck's backing up and blocks his way and he, get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> totally. That's so good. And shows his badge. Yeah. Like, uh, Oh, God. but also because when he's, uh, first of all, like, I know we're jumping around, but so Bobby gets shot. He goes to that crime scene. For reasons I'll never understand, his wife goes to that crime scene. As if everybody's like, make sure you call Gino, get him over to the crime scene. And his wife, she'd like to see this too. Yeah. Makes what no sense. Stupid. By the way, 
We haven't even talked about this. Steven Seagal's name is Gino. Gino Felino. Felino. Wow. Yeah. That rhymes, Chew. Admit it. I, I hate every. I don't like rhyming. I don't like rhyming. And his whole existence is based on a fucking rhyme. Gino Felino. Gino Felino. The hell is wrong with you? His wife comes up to him at that crime scene and says, how are you doing? Or she says, are you all right? He goes, no, I'm not all right. I'm fucking like this. What do you think? I mean, he was my best friend. Oscar winning quality right there. I'm fucking like this. <laughs> Amazing. He's, he's horrible. It's so good. Get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> God, it's literally... Like, if you were trying to explain what a Brooklyn accent sounded like to somebody who's not from the States, that's what you would, that's what you would use. Something horrible like that. Right. You would no, do, not even that. You would do an over-exaggeration to try and get yeah. them to understand it. Yep. Because Americans are stupid. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but then he goes into the meat shop. Why... Why a friendly neighborhood meat shop is suddenly <laughs> taking up the cause of Richie and trying to murder a cop is beyond me, but they do. This led to my uh, band name called Salami Slop. Slap. I almost said slop. <laughs> Salami Slap. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Salami, Salami Slap. There's a lot of vowels going it's on too in there. Many. It's really I can't hard. even fucking say it. All I know is when he takes that fucking big thing of baloney off the wall and hits somebody with it, it makes me laugh. Salami slap. Salami slap. Also, you find out at this point, this is my favorite thing, when the mafia are talking with each other and they're saying that Richie going around killing people is a problem for them, but they... They just they describe it as a PR problem. They're like, this yeah. is not good publicity, which led to the yeah, album. We can't stand for this publicity. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking amazing. That led to my what? album title of Mafia Pub- Publicity Problems. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. I mean, Salami Slaps obvious... debut album, Mafia <laughs> Mafia Publicity Problems. <laughs> fucking great um i don't know what happens after that i feel like he chases them some more but then they they lose him somehow this whole movie is a big chase yeah that's all it is does he go to the bar then sure because I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know. He makes a pit stop to the mafia. Well, he probably and... finds the dog at this point. Yeah, some guy threw uh, something in a trash bag out the window, and then he stops to get it. And and it's a puppy. Behold, it's a little puppy. A little doggy. An adorable dog in a trash bag. But don't worry. Yeah. He's going to get him some puppy dog food and get him laid. At one point, he says, we're going to find you some company or something like that. Going to get you a girlfriend or something. Jesus (laughs) Christ. He's a puppy pimp. 
Why? <laughs> that dog didn't have a fucking leash on the whole goddamn movie. Nope. He also just leaves him inside the car with the windows open. I hate that. Somebody could have stolen the dog. Right. Why didn't he just drop it off at home? He's a puppy pimp, Chew. He's fucking... He, even, he goes home at some point and was like, nah, I'm going to leave the dog in the car. He's trying to whore out dogs. <laughs> puppy pimp. <laughs> Put that fucking... He's such a puppy pimp. If I saw Steven Seagal with a dog in his arms, I'd say, Put that dog down. <laughs> Do not touch the dog. Step away from the dog. All right, let's take another break. <laughs> All right, sounds good. <laughs> Why not? Fuck it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll take another break and we'll be back to talk more about Out for Justice. If you like podcasts like I do, boy, do I have a treat for you. You need to stay on target and check out the Sounds and Cinema podcast. Listen as your host, sound designer and music creator, Tony Parham, and co-host, musical performer and sound lover, Derek Hansen, D-Rock if you're nasty, and I am, discuss all things sound related to film, television, stage, and theatrical productions. They discuss environmental sounds, bioacoustics, dialogue, the nature of communication through sound. But as an added bonus, they drink beer and try to... Stay on target. Find them wherever you get your podcasts and listen to the pure mania of a man who can charitably be described as Doug, the dog from Up, and another man with a soothing and sultry voice trying to get that man to... Stay on target. That's the Sounds and Cinema Podcast. Tune in and listen to the sounds they are creating just for you. And we are back yet again, ladies and gentlemen. Lady Chu and I are here discussing the 1991 film Out for Justice. <laughs> Fucking after talking off mic, I'm out for justice, Chu. Because in our story, Steven Seagal is going to visit Richie's parents. And his dad is played by Dominic Kianisi, who plays Junior on The Sopranos. Chu, tell our audience the information you told me. Um, I shared a bit of information <laughs> that I knew was going to be received poorly. <laughs> Which was, <clears throat> excuse me, I've never watched The Sopranos. <laughs> Insert fucking, gasp. Fucking grievance. <laughs> yeah. Never watched it. Not because wow. I think it's stupid or I think it's bad. I just, I don't know. I never got around to it. I watched the same I shows over Steven and over again. I Seagal to salami slap you. Because you've got mafia publicity problems. Okay? <laughs> you know, if you tell somebody that you're going to salami slap them, they're going to take it out of context. Because right. chances are yeah. they don't know where the, that joke's coming from. Which they has nothing to do with the penis. Would, <laughs> that, they think that would be directly preceded by unzipped pants. <laughs> yeah. No, it's an actual salami. No, I'm talking real salami. Because yep. this this is the scene where he looks Richie's parents dead in the eye while his dad dead in the eye and says, I'm going to kill him. 
And then he starts turning away, but he keeps his eye on dad as he's turning away. It's so... You know, to drive the point home. It's so weird. And you find out later that they, they actually have a relationship. Right. He grew up with Richie. Yeah. His and dad his was dad kind was to him. Super kind. Gave him money to go out to where? Long Island, I think. Coney Island. Yeah. Well, then we go to the bar, Chew. We go to Richie's brother's bar. Yikes. This is quite a scene. There's a lot of fighting. This is the scene that makes the whole movie, basically. Yeah. Steven I mean, Seagal everything takes... is on display. Yeah. The push fighting, stick fighting, the accent. Whoa, the accent. Oh, and the dialogue? The dialogue. Jesus Christ. It all goes to 11. Was he this... has a line. Go ahead. Are we going to talk about the line? I think it's Whoa. in this scene. You tell me if we're talking about the same line. I'm very excited. Oh, God. I almost don't even want to say it. It's, I'm going to cut his head off and piss down his throat. <laughs> that wasn't my line, but that's it wasn't? a good one. Oh, my no. God. It was... Mine is far sillier. <laughs> okay. I was I was, uh, was astounded by this line. Who the <laughs> fuck thought that was okay to say? That is too fucking far. Even for that bar? Yeah, who the fuck says that? I'm going to cut his head off. I'm going to piss down his throat. You're disgusting. Gino Fellino says that. <laughs> You're a scary person. <laughs> Don't talk to me. Give me the dog back. This, is, this was my line. You know why he does that? No, why? Because he's a chicken shit fucking pussy asshole. <laughs> He's a chicken shit fucking pussy asshole. That's a lot of words. It really is. Like how many <laughs> takes did it did it did that take? It's hard to say. Fuck. You know who else is in that scene? Gianni Russo. Do you know who that is? No. He's fucking in The Godfather, baby. I've seen most of the first and second Godfather, but it's so long, Chance. It's hours. Oh, that's Connie's and hours husband. And hours. And hours long. <laughs> <laughs> and hours. You make it sound like that's a bad thing. <laughs> no, it's good. He sets up James Conn. Come on. Oh, that's right. Piece of shit. I was sad when James Conn died. Well, his character. I don't think I think James Conn is still alive. <laughs> yeah, he's still going. Yeah. Oh, also in this scene, the fucking cue ball in a rag, used as a weapon. That's an early. Just slapping teeth out. You could kill somebody. Oh, everybody! He in the fucking meat shop scene, he hits three people in the back of a head of the head with a fucking baseball bat. Yeah. Those are three dead civilians, dead. just so we're clear. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a cop, so it's fine. Yeah, it's no problem. A he even announces. Cop. He announces at one point, you kill a cop, you're going to die. 
I'm really enjoying your impression of his impression of a Brooklyn accent. <laughs> oh, wait. I've barely gotten started. There are two words from this movie I have yet to say that I'm very excited for. We'll get to it. Okay. I'm not going to do it now. Because right now we're smack dab in the middle of this fucking bar fight scene, which has no fewer than two shoves of a man into a phone booth. I actually, I laughed at that part. He just hit face palms huge, and then shoves him into the phone booth. <laughs> huge positive points. <laughs> fucking amazing. It's the second shove that really is magic. Yeah. So good. That was pretty good. And then also when he's, the accent, when he's talking to the boxer bartender. You know, let me ask you something. I see a lot of memorabilia up here. Uh, boxing gloves. Uh, you know, who's the fighter? It's cringy. <laughs> it's fucking great. I hate it. It's amazing. But nothing, and I mean nothing, beats the following line. This line is the line of the movie. <laughs> Sorry. My <laughs> pins and needles over here. Well, because there's like, he keeps saying, he keeps asking, um, anybody know where Richie is? Anybody know why Richie did Bobby Lupo? And then at the end, when he says, anybody seen Richie? Because I'm going to keep coming back until somebody remembers seeing Richie. <laughs> Fucking amazing. <laughs> I hate him so much. I love him. There was no checks and balances, I feel like, oh. with Steven Seagal. There was nobody keeping him in line. His accent just got more ridiculous and more ridiculous. I'm going to keep coming back until somebody remembers seeing Richie. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. fuck. By the way, whenever you have like a medium range shot of Steven Seagal walking, he looks like a sick giraffe. It's interesting you said that because I felt like he had really good posture and he was almost trying to like connect with that superhero walk. But it <laughs> but then something happened and it 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 wasn't. Yeah, like he got a hernia or something. Yeah. He's just very stiff. You said hernia. I was thinking hemorrhoid because he's like, he walks really tight, you know? Right. Noel, I think the core is tight, but the legs and the arms are like. (laughs) Okay. Now, actually, when you put it that way, I understand the sick giraffe. Yeah. (laughs) The limbs are all over the place. Yeah. His limbs are a fucking mess. This movie's a mess. (laughs) Not as much of a mess as this one line. When he first sees Gina Gershon, he asks her, how how is she doing? And she says, I can still get it wet. 
grievance. I wrote it down. <laughs> Do people actually think that other people talk like this? Because they don't. I don't know. They don't. I can still get it wet? <laughs> what? By I would the way, assume that you can. He you... arrests her. Barely. But he does. After tearing up her office, he arrests her and her father, who is Richie's father. I felt really bad for Junior because he gives yeah. a, a serious, heartfelt, good acting speech that where he has come to tears. Yeah. And Steven Seagal just stone faced like. <laughs> yeah, I felt I felt bad for that character in that moment. I believed that he was sorry. And. Um, yeah, he's like sending his son to his death, basically. Right. But then he, yeah, he, Seagal arrests those two, but then turns it into, well, I got to keep you safe because Richie will come back and kill you if he knows that we've been talking. Yeah, right. So. And then at one point he goes back to his house and fucking brings Richie there to almost murder his fucking wife and child. Yeah. P.S. He shows up to, I guess, what was his place, but he and his wife are currently separated and yet there's still a shotgun just on top of the refrigerator <laughs> with yeah. a small child in the house. Because when he sees bad guys, he's like, shotgun on top yeah. of the fridge. Knew exactly where all the hidden shit was. Yeah. That was alarming. Not as alarming as his wife saying, do you want to come up for an espresso? <laughs> She could have just said espresso. But she did it. She said espresso. (laughs) (laughs) It's like like she had a stroke in the middle of saying espresso. Trying to get the accent right. I think Seagal was like rubbing off on people in a negative way, accent wise. So anyway, yeah, he has like there's, you know, Richie and of course not Richie himself, but all of his fucking gang attacks him at the wife's house, and he has to kill like seven people in front of his wife and child. Yeah. Just tells him to get in the bathtub, which is a good place to hide. It's a good place to hide, but there's no consideration given to the nightmares that kid's going to have for the rest of his fucking life. Nope. That kid's on drugs like six months later, probably. (laughs) Just to try and dull the pain that his father has brought upon his life. But in Seagal's mind, he's just fucking daddy hero. Yep. Saving the day. Knight in shining Da-da-da. armor. Just fucking with a black shirt and a ponytail and sometimes a beret. Don't bring up the fucking beret again. It makes me mad. I don't understand it. <laughs> don't let's not bring it up again. I just, it doesn't make any sense. I'm going to end every podcast now with beret out. <laughs> by the way right before he goes into that house like the character forgot about the dog for as long as the movie and the audience did if you think I forgot about that dog you don't know me as well as you think you do (laughs) my point is though 
that when he picked the dog up, I was like, yeah, the dog. Thank you. Where's that dog been for the last 40 minutes? Just hanging out. Just sitting in the car, always. I was half waiting for the dog to be in the driver's seat and be like, come on, we got to go, we got to go, and then just peels out. Honking the horn. Yep. Beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up. <laughs> so there's a couple of words. Remember earlier I referenced that I have words? Yes. Okay. I mean, this is just Seagal. Esprit is one of the words. Or a word, but not one of the two words I was referencing earlier. Okay? He... Okay. I can't remember. I think it's when he's with his wife first and they're sorting out their shit. Now, the line is, because she says, you know, your son needs a father and I need a husband. And he looks at her and he says the following line. Is this reconciliation? He really struggled to get that word out. Because that's not how you say that word. Nope. <laughs> it's not recon. You're not in the army. <laughs> Reconciliation? So I don't know if he was just fucking up the accent, trying to say reconciliation. <laughs> <laughs> and he couldn't do it, and it just came out reconciliation? Or if he has such a fucking military ideology as a human that he sees R-E-C-O-N and just thinks recon. Yeah. I'd like to think, I think that he saw the script and was like, I don't know what that word is. And then he just got nervous and then never asked and never looked up the word. So when it came exactly. time to filming, he was like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to roll with it. And since there's no checks and balances with Seagal on a set, right. nobody corrected him. Right. So that's what happened. I just imagine the editor getting that footage later and saying, nobody found us fucking another take. There's 73 takes of him saying reconciliation. <laughs> nobody said, hey, fuck face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the second one is is even more ridiculous because, okay, at some point you find out that the reason Richie shot Bobby is because Bobby was fucking his girlfriend. Except right. that's one of, like, three girlfriends <laughs> Richie was fucking. There's yeah. that, so there's the one in the picture who Bobby killed off screen. Roxanne. Before he even kills, yeah, Roxanne, before he even kills Bobby. Then there's the blonde who also works where Roxanne worked and apparently they were humping together, which also solved the mystery of why are there Polaroids of Bobby fucking Roxanne doggy style, but nobody's holding a camera. It's not like there were selfies at this time. It just means somebody else was in the room. Yeah. Like somebody else was in the room watching them fuck and was like, oh, my God, you guys look so cute. Smile. (laughs) Because that's what the photo. It's like them looking straight into camera. It was a cheese With him humping her doggy style. 
Yeah. Yeah. Say cheese. And they both went. (laughs) Gave a little like fucking cheated out. And then he's also having sex with Juliana Margulies. Yeah. And by sex, I mean rape. Yeah. Because at the beginning of the movie, that's forced sex. Yeah. She's only doing it so nobody gets killed. Right. Yeah. Not good. I didn't like that. I didn't like it. No. Also, Bobby in the Polaroids, um, you can tell he's been doing blow, which was which was found in his desk because he looks he looks yacked the fuck out. He looks Donald Trump Jr. ish. You can see in his face you're like, "Oh shit, you're fucking high." Okay. Right. But for the longest time, I thought the woman in the photograph was supposed to be Juliana Margulies. And that they just found a body double because she's naked in the photograph. Yeah. But then the face doesn't match. Yeah, but the face doesn't match well, but looks like her. So I was like, are they trying to tell me that this is Juliana Margulies? I don't understand. What's the deal? Because that's not her. And then it turned out it wasn't actually her. Right. And that Bobby, not Bobby, Richie is just fucking everybody in the world. How? First and first mostly, that guy's <laughs> not my That's first the choice. other thing. Like, all right, really great actor, Forsyth, fucking love him. But he's chubby in this movie. He's scary. I mean, he is. He ain't cute in this movie. No. no. He is out of shape. I mean, so is Steven Seagal. But Steven Seagal isn't portly. He's just bloated. Yeah. so it just occurred to me at some point I wrote down I wrote down fat hero fat villain (laughs) (laughs) at any rate at one point Seagal takes the blonde woman to go (laughs) takes her to Roxanne's apartment finds out she's dead then drags her up to identify the body which I don't Except, think he's allowed to do. Which also, yeah, just does not seem right. <clears throat> but he also, in talking to his Captain Chu, he said this. I just took her up to ID ident- identify the body. ID identified the body. <laughs> ID, I can't even say it the way he said it. It was so fucked up and wrong. <laughs> he said ID identify the body. I think. Maybe he's identify. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just wanted Jerry Horbach to pause and say, the fuck did you say? <laughs> <laughs> are you okay? Are, are you okay? ID identify the body? What? Seagal <laughs> 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 uh, is the fucking gift that keeps on giving in this movie. <laughs> I mean, I guess, if you say so. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) All right, let's get to it. Let's fight, like, final battle. Seltzer Boy calls him. He goes to Juliana Margulies' apartment, which for some reason has a narrow passageway inside the front door. That house was so weird. It was bizarre, right? Yeah. (laughs) But he's fucking pulling guys through fucking... Walls, 
He uh, shoots a guy's leg off with a fucking shotgun. He fucking kick kills somebody. The tattooed guy. Oh, yeah. That guy gets up, looks at him menacingly, and then he kicks him into a brick wall, apparently with enough force to kill him on the spot. Yeah. More pushing. And then and then we have a push fight. There really we have is... a push fight between fat hero and fat villain. There really is a lot of pushing. That's all his fights are. Sidestep, push. Take that. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> That's how this fight went. Sidestep, push. Sidestep, push. Sidestep, push into a wall. Corkscrew in the head. Dead. <laughs> yeah, that's Victory. Right. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, the mob gets there, and he's right. he takes the the guy's gun, the wise guy's gun, shoots the dead body of Richie. So it's like the so the wise guy could go back to the boss and be like, yeah, I shot him. Yeah, I got him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I took care of business. Yeah. Well, how the fuck did this corkscrew get in his head? I don't know. <laughs> we did that after. Yeah. Are you sure? Because that looks like the mark of a one Gino Felino. No, he didn't do it, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy when this movie was over. <laughs> Come on, the doggy gets to get some comeuppance on Trash Bag Guy. Yep, that's right. Plus one last fucking great line of Brooklyn accent from Seagal. Hey, yo, fuck nuts. <laughs> he says, yo, fuck nuts. Yo, fuck nuts. You talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. You happen to throw a puppy out of this car? <laughs> you fucking mind your business. Yeah. Gets turned around, ball kick. That guy deserved more than a ball kick. Agreed. You know what my last positive point was right after? Yo, fuck nuts! <laughs> what? That ending credit song. <laughs> it was so ridiculous, I had no choice but to positive point it. What was it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would actually say that the soundtrack to this movie... I didn't oh, like. Oh, we got some Beastie Boys going? I liked those. I liked the music individually. I just didn't feel like it fit the movie. I felt like they were trying too hard. Just another thing that works doesn't work for me. All right. Fine. <laughs> Chew, <laughs> what's the drinking game? God damn it. You know, I didn't pick one until about... 60 seconds ago. seconds ago. That's <laughs> 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 fucking great. Um, anytime there's pushing, any sort of push. But other than that, I didn't have one. See, it's difficult. Anytime there's because... a ridiculous, like, line of dialogue like really out of right. control maybe so that's where i kind of landed because at first i you know it's hard you i wanted to say anytime that his brooklyn accent is particularly ridiculous 
But that's really the whole movie. Yeah. So that's hard to do. But, I mean, we've discussed the lines we're talking about, right? Yo, fuck nuts. I'm going to keep coming back until somebody remembers seeing Richie. (laughs) Why do you want to do that? Don't be a bad guy. Be a good guy. Right. (laughs) You know? So it it has to, I think, like, I started, I, I went towards Brooklyn and then I landed on Ridiculous. Ridiculous lines of dialogue. That's where I want the drinking game to be. I, I would vote for that. I like that a lot. <laughs> that's good. Anytime... The only other thing. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say the only other thing to me is I was the only other one I thought of was the opposite of the push because all he does is push. So when he actually punches or kicks somebody <laughs> instead of push, that might be a way to go. That's a good one. Yeah. The dialogue's still my favorite, though, because it really forces you to listen and be like, people don't fucking say that. They don't <laughs> fucking. Because it doesn't have way. to just be him. Gina Gershon, I can still get it wet. Oh, shit, everyone. Let's take a drink. Yep. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Anything left for you for Out for Justice? No, you you don't need to watch it. I don't recommend it. I say movie. I say you do need to watch it. <laughs> Why are you saying it like that? Cuz you do. <laughs> I um Chance not... recommends. <laughs> I'm not mad at this movie. All right, good. I just don't feel anything, which I think is worse. I don't know. I think I'll take that considering the resistance I was getting to doing anything involving Steven Seagal. Yeah. So I th- the man is a piece of shit. This movie is a delightful piece of shit, <laughs> which is more than I can say for the man. Yeah. A judgment I make having not met him. But I feel I'm on firm I feel, Yeah, I was like, I, I think we feel good <laughs> about where we stand. Too bad if you don't fucking like it. Too, right. Too fucking bad. All right, Chew. Say goodbye to the good people. Goodbye. Guess what we're doing next week? Another Hard Steven movie. to kill. <laughs> Yay. Here's what's happening, people. I'm making Chew watch two Steven Seagal movies. By the way, Chew, we could so not be done with Steven Seagal. Oh. I found out looking online, there's like 35 movies from Steven Seagal from 2002 to 2021 that I've never even heard of. He's busy. He's busy. still working. P.S. The one that's the latest on his fucking IMDb right now is Above the Law 2 which would be a sequel to the very first movie he ever made. Seems unnecessary. P.S. I think he's close, to, like, in his 70s now. Or close to it. Maybe he should retire. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, like, 66, 67. I think he's done. <laughs> I think you're done. He's as done as you sounded when you said goodbye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, for Lady Chu of Tuity Fitness. Fitness. (laughs) I smell toast.
<laughs> I'm Chance of the How Dare You Awards. You're going to be hearing us next week with Hard to Kill. Yeah! Yay! <laughs> I'm so happy. Seagal in a coma, Chew. You're going to love it. That's the only way I'd want him in a coma. <laughs> that's, that's too far. <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> Until next time, everyone, say goodbye. Um, bye bye. Goodbye. That was okay. Yeah, not bad. Bye. Bye. Sounds like she got a rounder and is fucking making picture frames. <laughs> I'm just gonna put a note on her door that says, Could you give me a full schedule of all your nefarious wood carving? <laughs> Garbage disposal necessities, water running, and closet opening. I think you're gonna win her over with nefarious. <laughs>